It's August 21st, 2023, and we welcome you to this hour of Flames Talk. We welcome you to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Flash doors. Yeah, Vickers and Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. So after our chat with Mackenzie Weger on Friday afternoon, on Friday's Flames Talk, the uh, captain conversation Sherez picked up. Uh, Mackenzie joined us Friday. Uh, we were promoting the Rogers Legends of Hockey charity skins game as part of the Shaw Charity Classic, which helped raise $250,000 in nine holes. Pretty impressive stuff with the uh, eight Legends of Hockey we were taking part on Saturday. And right near the end of our chat with McKenzie, uh, we got into the captain conversation with him. First thing I asked McKenzie was, you know, Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska have both talked publicly about, yes, how there will be a captain this year. They will not go a third consecutive season without a captain on the team. And I asked McKenzie how important that was going to be, and then uh, we followed up on that question afterwards. It's huge. Um, you know, that's that's your number one guy that can talk to the media. He's, you know, he's great for the community. Um, you know, he wants to you know, go to war for you every night. Uh, he shows up every night. He's in the gym. Uh, he leads by example, and, you know, there's a number of guys in that room that could do that. So for Craig, um, you know, it might be a tough decision for him. I don't know, um, but I just know that whoever is picked as captain, there's a leadership group, and we've spoken about the leadership group before in the past, that there's a bunch of guys in that room that, you know, can step up and be captain. But it's, you know, for for one guy to be that guy and, you know, who can go and talk to the coach or the GM um, when the boys need it, it it's huge. It, it, it adds a lot of uh, – takes a lot of pressure off a lot of the guys in the room. Well, and, and last question, our text line uh, has lit up about it while we're doing this conversation, and whenever we have a chat about captain, the uh, name Mackenzie Weger comes up. Uh, how, how much how much would you relish the opportunity to, if, if it were to go that way, to wear the C on your chest? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a huge honor. Um, you know, if, if they did choose me, I, I would love to be the captain of the Calgary Flames, and, um, you know, it would be a lot of work. I think I'm ready for it, and uh, I would just love to uh, represent the Calgary Flames as a captain. It'd be it'd be a, a real honor and, and a real pleasure. So that uh, that last part definitely uh, drew some ears, and you know, logo tweeted it out, and and I know the Sportsnet uh, Twitter account picked up yep, on it on it Monday. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, and so did Sportsnet Instagram. I'm like, huh, hopefully, hopefully, Weir's not pissed off though. <laughs> He didn't just like come out and said that, say that. I did ask him the question. Um, but definitely people have been buzzing about that. And I get it. When you hear him speak, when you hear McKenzie speak, you get leadership qualities from him. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I picked up on it from the very first time uh, he spoke to the media going back to last summer. Definitely picked up on it in training camp. Definitely picked up on it as a, as a really frustrating season played its way through. 
you, you get a lot of leadership qualities from him. And, you know, one of the, the, there's a lot of boxes that he checks if you're looking at him as a candidate to be the captain of this team. He is signed long term, he's got eight years left on his deal. He has made it known time and time again he wants to be here. He's one of the best players on the team. He plays a brand of hockey that is extremely hard on his sleeve, leaves not like he plays a very similar brand of hockey as the last captain of the Calgary Flames, leaves nothing on the ice every single shift. Uh, he is well spoken, he's passionate in the media, he doesn't shy away from it. Like if they were to go that direction, Vix, they uh they would uh they would not be doing themselves a disservice. I know that much. Well, in that clip, Mackenzie Weger sort of laid out the criteria of what the next captain has to have. And he was just sort of off the cuff going, you got to do this, 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 yep. this, and this. All things that he does. Yeah, right? yeah. He wasn't talking about himself as he's doing it. But the first one is be responsible to talk to the media. Well, we're going to hear some more from him in a little bit. And we just heard that clip. But during that interview that we had with him on Friday, you're not, you're not wrong. That text line was like, this guy sounds like a captain. This guy sounds like a captain. I think one came in that was just McKenzie, and instead of the K being capitalized in his name, it was the C capitalized. So he's got the media part down pat. Oh, I see. You've got to be, yeah. You've got to be involved in the community. Well, he's most noticeably been in the community for donating to Parachute for Pets. His appearance fee for the Shaw shootout went straight to Parachute for Pets at a time where there's so many families and pets displaced yep. right now because of the wildfires, Northwest Territories, uh, Kelowna, yeah, West Kelowna, the Interior, yeah. BC, you name it. So he's already stepped up there, shows up every night on the ice. Well, you just mentioned he's kind of like the last captain, Mark Giordano, in that there are very few, if any, shifts off, and it spins into his next one where it's you got to lead by example on the ice and, and in the gym. Well, I'm not there in the gym, so I can't speak to that part. But certainly he gives it the cliched 110% whenever he's on the ice. And then I'll add another one that you touched on is long-term. You've got to be here yeah. long-term. It doesn't necessarily make sense to slap the C on a guy that's going to be here for yeah. one season or less. And Mackenzie Weger is here just as long as anybody else. He's got a long deal kicking in. So you look through the checklist that he provided and then that we kind of tack on at the end. He certainly checks, checks every box. And I think it would be a really good choice if, if they were to go that direction. Um, he doesn't pull any punches in the media stuff. He's, nope. he's very honest and direct. No, and if he thinks a question is stupid, he'll give you a short answer. And, and, and I've seen him get uh, pissed off at lines of questioning because he doesn't like where they're going. And, and Passion. And, he's and, got the passion. And I think that's important, too. Uh, I think that it's, it's you know, you, you want a guy, I think, whether you're inside that locker room, like if you're a teammate and you're playing on the team, or if you're just if on, on the outside and a fan of the team, I think you want somebody that is, is going to be sticking up for the boys and, and sticking up for teammates and, and not buying into, you know, I, I, I won't name any names, but there have been you know, guys in the past who have been willing to publicly uh, not take responsibility and point fingers elsewhere after I bad mean, things help. We'd call that throwing under the bus. Yeah, there's been some, but it's been more like subtle under bus throwing. It's been more like, you know, uh, a, a, a nudge as opposed to a shove. But you're okay. like, but I, I, I don't get that with, with McKenzie and a number of other guys that we'll get into the conversation about as well. Uh, and I'd love some, uh, love some input on the text line at 960-960 on which way I see. I, I, I know yeah. your eyes lit up on, on the one that Noah sent in. 
yeah, and it's one we've completely overlooked at this point. Noah texts in. I mean, Uyghur got this city the arena deal done, so of course he should be captain. He of did. course, Uyghur saying it locker clean out. We need a new rink. The what was it? Like, two weeks later, ten days later. Yeah, new rink is being announced. Well, He's, it was it was so locker cleanout day was the Friday. The following Monday, tree was done. The following Tuesday, so it was less than two weeks. There later. you go. <laughs> there you go. Uyghur gets stuff done in the city of Calgary. And he was uh, all he was all I think all he was asked was like, "How do you look back in your first year in Calgary?" And he gave like the, "Well, we need a new rink." <laughs> What Again, are you he talking says what, about? says what's on his mind. Doesn't sugarcoat things. You've been it's here direct. a year and you're saying these things. No, everybody agrees. Um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of leadership qualities there. And and I think, I don't think he's the only one that, that checks all those boxes, but I think he's one of the guys that when Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy and, and some of this leadership group, because I think it's one of those things that everybody needs to have. I, I think that there are a lot of different arms of an organization that, that, come into play when naming a captain coaching staff management players inside yes. the room marketing there's a lot of different areas that i think you need to talk about when putting that that c on somebody's shoulder i said chest um it's actually i guess it's on the shoulder upper upper, upper chest. left chest yeah, i guess it's the chest i don't know you you're the one that works out the upper body what's this part called that's, that's still that's it's the pectoral the heart muscle. the heart it is usually just the north heart. The heart yeah anyway um who else would be in the conversation as as the text line uh, gets involved at nine sixty nine sixty? If you're listening live, who else is who else is in the conversation? Because I think there's one other name that that comes to mind obviously right now, and that's Rasmus Anderson. Okay, how, yeah. how much is he in the the conversation? For so you? those two guys would be my neck and neck candidates for the number one pick of being the Calgary Flames captain. Because you look at Rasmus Anderson, well, of course he's very blunt in the media. And he makes himself readily available, win or loss. And he was the guy trotted out near in the second half of the season when there were a lot of devastating losses. He was the guy that would be the face of the players coming out and owning those losses. So he has that. Uh, he certainly has the lead by example in my books. And he's he's been here. That's the other thing, too, is Mackenzie Weger. And I don't know if this necessarily matters at all, because once you've spent a season in the room, you've been in the room. But Rasmus Anderson has been around for quite a few seasons. So he would have a good, you know, he would check the temperature. You know, he's got a good yep. gauge on the pulse, things like that. Um, so he'd be another candidate for me. The one that I'm struggling with right now is Michael Backlund. I'm not. I'm not struggling I got, with well, Don't get me wrong. If he signed an extension tomorrow, then... But you know what's the I, situation? When I say when I say I'm not struggling with it, like even if coming, he was, this is coming from the president of the Michael Backlund fan club. Yes, I'm not putting the C on his on on, on him unless he's signed here long term. I just don't think it makes sense, and and I don't begrudge Michael at right. all for you know not committing beyond this coming season and keeping his options open. But unless you're clearly a long term member of this team. I don't I don't think you go that way. And 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 Michael is well within his rights to be like, yeah, you know, I want to win a Stanley Cup and I don't know if signing back here is the way. Absolutely. Not not no ill will and nor should there be. But because there's a little indecision there or because it's uncertain, I think if you're going to be naming a captain this season, you got to be going towards somebody where you do have that certainty. Yes, so let me double back because I did squeeze it in right before you started speaking there. Is, I'm not right now. I don't put in a pending unrestricted free agent as my captain. No, never. doesn't matter who you are. 
But where would Backlund fit in the Mackenzie Weger Rasmus Anderson conversation if tomorrow he signed a three-year extension? I think he goes right to the front of the line. Right to the front yeah, of the line? Okay. Absolutely. And that's why I said where I'm struggling with it. Like, I don't know if he necessarily does for me, and I'm the vice president of this. Um, I've just really appreciated over the course of the last four months my interactions with Mackenzie Weger, which going back to the end of the regular season, going to Worlds, and you there? I was there once or twice. Uh, and just talking to him both Friday and Saturday, just he's straightforward, but he's thoughtful. He doesn't pull punches, but he doesn't throw anybody under the bus necessarily. Yeah. I think he walks that line of not being the vanilla pucks in deep quote and telling you what he really feels without burning anybody while he's doing it. And I think that's a very important yeah. um, aspect of being a leader is the ability to project your opinion while protecting your teammates. Yeah, yeah, you can be critical of your team and critical of the way the group played without pointing fingers. Right. And and you know, the other thing that he's done a lot is he's taken a lot of uh onus on his own shoulders and you know, I think sometimes there are guys who do that too. Like I think Jacob Markstrom's a really good leader inside that room. No, Matt in Cochran, I'm not suggesting that they should go a goaltender as the captain. I don't think that should ever happen. Well, in all fairness, he said like Vancouver, so I think it was more of a shot it at was, Vancouver it was, than it was, it was a. It was a joke. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I got the second part in there for him. But I, uh, I do think that you know, the amount of times that Jacob Markstrom has gone out there publicly and said, "Yeah, it's my fault. Like I, I let the group down." I, I think that goes a long way inside a locker room. Even though I don't think anybody agreed most nights that was the case. I think that when you've got a guy who who cares that much and takes that much responsibility and that much ownership, look, sometimes ownership of of faults and ownership of of responsibility it can be it can be difficult sometimes. And and I know I've struggled with owning things and flaws and stuff like that or mistakes, right? Like, and to have Jacob Markstrom. Own, I think he's a really good leader inside that room. And I heard a lot of that from, from McKenzie. I heard a lot of that for the amount of times that Rasmus talked about how he was no good in a game and, and wouldn't go down. You know, the first time that Rasmus Anderson jumped off the page to me and said, whoa, that guy's got some real captain material was during the bubble season. It was so during the 2021 56 game campaign, it was a Flames Talk fan member, Wes Gilbertson, who asked him a question about Yuso Valamaki. And, and Yuso was really struggling and, and trying to find his way as a full-time NHLer. And, and Wes just asked a question to Rasmus about, you know, when a guy's struggling, what do you do? And I remember Rasmus was visibly upset by the question. And it wasn't, a bad, it wasn't a, an offensive question by Wes at all. But he was visibly upset because he was like, no, no, this is a young defenseman. I'm going to defend my guy, and he went. Don't on pick this, on my rookie. He went, and he went on like this this two minute straight on soliloquy of of how you protect him and how he's still a young guy and how he's he when he was a young guy and a rookie how he struggled and how he's trying to insulate. And I was just like, damn, like that's that's the type of thing that you want to hear. That's the type of emotion and investment that you want to see from from a guy who might be the next captain. So I see a lot of the same things in Rasmus Anderson as as I do in Mackenzie Weger. Okay, let me ask you two questions. Yeah. What is the timeline for this in your opinion or your sense? Because my thought would be sometime at the tail end of training camp makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And because as it stands right now, the four A's from last season are Tanev, Backlund, Lindholm, Huberto. 
three of those four guys are pending unrestricted free agents. Could we see a new leadership yeah, guard? Absolutely. And who who would be your candidates in that sense? Not necessarily the C specifically, but who are some of the names that pop to mind when you're going, all right, new leadership core? And by the way, I just went and Googled uh, very quickly uh, Flames name Giordano Captain. It was on September 20th, a decade ago, 2013. September when, 20th, okay. September 20th, 2013, when uh, a story on NHL.com by Aaron Vickers uh, was talking just about the uh, the naming of Mark Giordano as the captain of the Calgary Flames, the 19th captain, as Aaron Vickers so eloquently. So that would have been right near the beginning of training camp then on a September 20th, because rookie camp's usually around the 15th. I mean, it's back then, remember, it was different, though. Thing Like, we start a whole lot later now since COVID, so it was a little... But yes, it was... It was during training camp yes. that they named Jordano the captain, and I think during training camp this year makes sense as well. But to answer your question, uh, yeah, I, I think so, because I think I think very clearly there is a new direction set here by the Flames, and, and uh, Craig Conroy's talked about um, how it's important to have guys who want to be here, and we're going to hear a clip from McKenzie who talks about that very, very shortly. Um, so I think that because... New era at GM. New era with this coaching staff. Yeah, New I era think, of captain. Well, I just think you you you're starting to turn the page in terms of the next group that is going to lead this team. And I think Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberdo are all part of that mix. Um, and and then you start to look at you know some of the other guys who you point to as long term members of this team. You know, would it be a big surprise if down the road uh, an Andrew Mangiapane if he signs a longer term deal or a Dylan Dubé uh, when when he signs his next deal if these guys start to enter the leadership conversation? Um, Nazem Kadri's here for the next six years. I'm curious as to how much he's interested in being in the leadership conversation. So you know, I, I just I I do think that guys like Tanev. Backland will see on the Lindholm front. You know, Lindholm again is a really good candidate for captain if he's signed here long term. But if he's not, when it's time to name a captain, I don't think you can go that direction. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. And another name that I'll tack onto that because he's here for four more seasons and has the cup experience and strikes me as a guy that's very straightforward with us as well is Blake Coleman. Where again, he's a guy that has a Stanley Cup ring, he's been in the dressing room for a couple seasons now. He's got a good temperature on things, I would suggest. He's always good to us in terms of the media as well. He'd be another candidate that I'd look at. I don't know if it's necessarily... And you know what? Maybe he's one of those guys that is is fine without a letter, that he's already feels comfortable enough speaking up. And you don't have to be wearing a letter to be part of the leadership core. So that's something to just toss out there right now. But he's a guy that that makes me a little bit curious on the leadership front as well. Uh, so let's read some text here at uh, 960-960. It says, Steinberg-Vickers, this hour of Flames Talk on a Monday is uh, underway. Um, Wedley suggesting that uh, Uyghur or Rasmus should be the guy. He also picked up on one of the people I was referring to who didn't always take responsibility publicly. I won't name any names. Um, this from Colin. Uh, guys, if Lindholm signs, it's him. He'd be taking a huge risk to sign here. He needs to have the ability to hold Conroy, et cetera, et cetera accountable. That comes from Colin. Here's my, I got two questions when it comes to that. What if Lindholm does decide to sign, but it's not until December? Well, you can't all of like, and they want to have a captain in place for this year. Well, I, I, I don't think you can just like change directions and take it off one guy and put it on another. That's one. And two, how much interest does Lindholm have in being that guy? Because 
I, I don't know, and I, I honestly, I don't know this for a fact. I just wonder this aloud. I do know that being in front of the camera and and being in front of the microphone is not always Elias's favorite thing to do, and that's fine. Uh, there are lots of guys in this league who are damn good players who do not enjoy the media side of things, and 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 I it's not it's not Elias's. I don't think it's anybody's favorite thing to do, but Elias is is not a big fan of it, and so I don't know. I'm not suggesting I've. You go back to last year; he was always number one on my list as the guy that you'd point to, but. Now that he is entering the final year of a contract and knowing all of what goes along with the captaincy position, I do wonder if he'd be interested in wearing the C. Not everybody, not everybody wants to put uh, that responsibility on their shoulders for better or worse. That is not a criticism in any way, shape or form. Everybody's got different personalities, right? Yeah, and I do understand some of the argument there where, okay, he's going to be your longest tenured player. He's your number one center, arguably your best forward slash best player. So I understand the thought of slapping the C on A, a guy that's going to be here for another nine seasons if he happens to max out on an extension. And again, is is one of your top threats in terms of being an offensive producer, being a two-way guy, being a Selkie nominee. But I'm sort of leaning your way, Pat, in the sense that I don't know how much he'd relish the role of having to come out after a 9-2 loss and explain what went wrong on any given night. And maybe he would. I don't I don't know one way or the other, but I just um it just is something that I've I've thought about because this conversation has really ramped up since Craig told us, you know, a number of months ago that oh yeah, we're naming a yeah. captain, no questions asked. And you're right, the, the, that's a valid point on timeline is Okay, is he signing an extension before training camp, or is this going to go to January? Yeah, like February? if he signs tomorrow, then all of a sudden, just like Michael Backlund, he's right back into the conversation about. Yeah, and he, well, and he's a guy that's already worn a letter. And and to be honest, the media element of it probably isn't the top priority for the Calgary Flames in naming a captain. It's who you are in that room and what kind of conduit can you be from the players to the coach to the manager. Yeah. Uh, this says my vote goes to Uyghur. He's got that grit that I think Rasmus is a little short on. That's from Kevin C. This says, come on, guys, only two candidates for C, Uyghur and Anderson. Backlund's not a leader. I disagree. I disagree I mean, with that. I remember Rasmus Anderson saying last year that Backlund is the leader inside that room. Uh, this from Joseph in Calgary. Weeg struggled to fit in, but worked his luggage off to get there. That's my kind of captain. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my a, kind of text. That's a great term, worked luggage. His luggage off. I like that. I'm going to steal that. I am too. Uh, Stephen Glamorgan, uh, Weeger is the best pick to be captain. I agree. Since he's gotten here, he's shown he can do it. This from Murray. Uyghur's the obvious choice for captain for me. Anderson's a close second, but should focus on being a pest. Huberto's my third pick. I wouldn't choose him in case he has another bad season. And I do wonder, I remember Ryan Leslie talking about that a year ago in training camp and him just saying, you know, there's a really, he, he, we were talking about that. Like, who would be, if they were to name a captain, who would it be? We didn't know they weren't going to name one or were going to name one, but I remember in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge, Ryan and I were having the conversation, and and Ryan's point was like, there's a certain way that that Huberto carries himself that is is very captain esque, and I know that the year was a nightmare for him, and it was a, a just a, a dismal first, like that was a as as bad a debut year could be for a guy of that profile. But I agree, like he does carry himself a certain way. There's a very professional and very just 
serious air about the way Huberto approaches the game that I think, you know, and again, he's here for the long term. He's also committed for eight years. I don't think that would be a bad choice either. He would just based on the year he had, I might want to not have that on his shoulders. You wouldn't want to level on the responsibility of that. He's already got enough to focus on. The one thing I'll say about Jonathan Huberto, and again, this is just going to go back to the media interactions. I'm not in the room, so I don't know what he's like as a leader when it's just the 23 guys in the room at an intermission. But in dealing with us, he's got that element, he's disarming, where if something's not going right, he can still say the one line or the two lines where I think even us as media members relax a little bit. And so that's an interesting element from from the media perspective that Mackenzie Weger, one of his criteria, spit out that is kind of curious about Jonathan Huberto in my books. Uh, this says, make Rasmus the captain love his heart and passion. Text line remains open at 960-960. But, you know, just listening to, re- re-listening to some of the answers Mackenzie gave us on Friday and and listening to him talk to a, a, a couple of different people ahead of the Skins game on Saturday, like, he's got a lot of people fired up for the start of the season. And, uh, you know, he comes into camp this year very different. Last year, the huge learning curve, new city, new teammates, new coach, new system, all of it. He had a lot to deal with, and he didn't have a contract when he started camp last year either. Yep. Well, this year, he comes to camp with eight years on a big-time contract. He just bought a house in Calgary. He's getting settled here. He's an established player now inside that room. So as he told us on Friday, there's he he's definitely coming into camp this year with a completely different outlook and mindset than one year ago. It's really completely different. Um, you know, last year was, a t- you know, obviously a, a change, and um, you know, it's, you know, meeting the new guys for me is, is probably the toughest thing and just trying to get comfortable around the rink and, um, you know, build those relationships. And now I can get into the rink and, you know, give guys hugs and, you know, ask them how their summers were, and, um, you know, just have some laughs instead of kind of coming in and meeting everybody and, you know, kind of tiptoeing around and trying to figure out, you know, how to use the tap or, you know, how to use the sauna or, you know, just little yeah. things like that. It just, it goes a long way. So, um, uh, you know, like you said, I got a house here. I'm excited for that. It's going to make a big difference for me. And, uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm really excited to, to get training camp going and seeing all the boys. Uh, it's been a long summer and, and it's time to get back to work. So I think that got a lot of people fired up. And I also think this did as well. Uh, I know you tweeted this out on Saturday. You were uh, down for the media availability just ahead of the Rogers Legends of Hockey charity skins game at the Shaw Charity Classic. And, you know, if I if I remember correctly, because listening to the whole thing, but I believe the question that you asked McKenzie here was what what gives you the confidence that this team is moving in the right direction? What gives you the confidence that this team is heading in the in the right way and, and why this year might be different? He said, well, Conroy and, and Huska taking over is a big reason, but then I, I thought where he took it from there was really interesting and again, got a lot of people fired up about why Uyghur might be a good guy as a leader inside this room. There's lots of rumors of guys, you know, not wanting to be here or, you know, guys staying. To be honest with you, I kind of keep my head out of it and um, my nose out of it and I just want guys that want to be here and I think Craig and, and Husker are on the same on the same page so um, for me the turnover you know it doesn't really affect me it's just it, it, all that matters is the, the guys that want to be here and um, and, and that want to win here in, in Calgary and if you don't want to be a part of it then um, you know unfortunately you got to move on even if they're great friends and great you know great guys um, for me it's just you know you want to win and I think we want to win now and um, you know it starts with you know Craig and Husk you know the, at the helm so 
again, part of what I think will be really important when naming a captain is just, you know, there, there are a lot of guys that were questioning whether or not being in Calgary and staying with the flames, staying in this city is, is a top priority for. And, and again, from Noah Hannafin to Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund and more, you don't begrudge them. You know, they, they, they have earned this opportunity to decide where they want to go. And if going elsewhere is where they want to go, absolutely all the power to you. But I think as you're building this kind of new iteration of the flames organization and, and the new culture of this flames team, guys who want to be here, guys like Uyghur, guys like Rasmus Anderson, Dylan Dubé, players like that who are uh, Jonathan Huberto signed here for eight years, like guys who are invested in being here and wanting to make it work here. I think there is that there's a big time importance that needs to be put on that as Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska's tenure really starts to move forward. Yeah, so I preface that question with, you know, what's the mood or atmosphere amongst the team right now, knowing that, or maybe not knowing, that this could be the second consecutive summer of a lot of turnover, with whether it be front office, head coach, or player. And he kind of went unprompted to a degree about the rumors of guys wanting to be here, not wanting to be here. And the thing that was telling to me was his quote about, Unfortunately, you have to move on, even if they're great friends and great guys, because over the course of the past four months or so, all I've seen is on the text line is if these guys don't want to be here, get rid of them. And it's kind of curious. That's not as harsh as Mackenzie Weger put it. But when you say, you know, we've got to move on. If you don't want to be here, we've got to move on. Even if you're a good buddy, even if you're a great guy, because we need guys that want to win here. And so that was kind of curious because it kind of, not parroted, but uh, ran parallel to what we've seen on the text line. And then also just on top of that, it kind of kicked that captain conversation even into further high gear, yeah. on, at least in the interactions that I saw. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm really interested to see which way they go. I'm, I'm curious to see what the leadership group looks like for next season. And, hey, you've got a new coach who has certain ideas about what he'd want from a captain and a new GM who has certain ideas of what he'd want from a captain. And then you've got the 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 room always plays a big part in it, too. And I, I think that based on exactly what you heard from in that, that last comment from McKenzie about guys who want to be here, I, I think that even inside that room, with no ill will or hard feelings, they'd probably lean towards a guy who's going to be a long-term part of the group as captain. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. That was uh, that was one where, you, you, again, that goes back to just Mackenzie Weger being honest and forward and direct without necessarily throwing guys under the bus. And to me, as, as we, we, we talk about this ca- captaincy situation, I don't know if situation is the right word there, but certainly every interaction just kind of further pushes it for me that Mackenzie Weger needs to be under consideration yeah. for captain of the Calgary Flames. Uh, a few other texts here at 960-960. This from Ward and Rockyford. Anderson as captain. He's passionate and carries that swagger about himself. Weger gets an A just because he's new to the group of players in area, but a stand-up guy that players can look up to. Huberto gets the A, uh, the way he deals with the younger players and takes them under his wing. He doesn't need to deal with the media and that at the same time. And lastly, Zadorov gets an A because if anyone messes with the team, he goes out and lays them out and lets his checks and physical presence do the talking. I'll say this. 
I, I quite like the way Zadorov goes about his business, too. If he's a guy, he came right out and said on Locker Cleanout Day four months ago that he wants to be a flame for life. And we'll see if they can end up getting him signed to an extension. If there's an extension that makes sense, I'm all for the Flames signing Zadorov to it based on what we just talked about. I think there is an inherent importance on guys who want to be here and who want to stay. And at least by all accounts publicly, Zadorov's one of those guys. So I'd absolutely be looking to bring him back. Yeah, and just to to be clear, Zadorov is one of those. Are we down to six now? Six, six now, pending yeah. unrestricted free agents. I guess uh, if you throw Gilbert into the mix, there's still seven. Still seven. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, at Locker Cleanout, Zadorov raved about being he a was member the, of the Calgary mo- he, he was, was the was... most adamant about wanting to stay with probably Lindholm and Backlund at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I don't have an active ranking going on. Maybe I'll slap one together real quick in the break or something. Tanev and Hannafin and Toffoli were all in the middle. Obviously, Shillington and Gilbert weren't asked about it. Um, but Zadorov was kind of the most adamant that he wants to see. Sorry, is Shillington pending unrestricted July 1 next year? Yep. I believe he is. Yep. So add him to the mix there yep. as well. Um, this says to me, Huberto's a no-go because of the way he had his agent go public with his beefs that should have stayed in the room or he should have come forward. That comes from Kelly. And this one says the flame success runs through Huberto. He's the highest paid here, the longest and should be the best player. If he welcomes that added pressure of captaincy, he should lead this team. If the, if the pressure to just rebound is his focus, then give it to Uyghur. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960 as this hour of Flames Talk is underway with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio on this Monday. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basement. You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, this Monday hour continues with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Well, first of all, the NHL schedule makers got it right this year. This shouldn't be that hard, but um, last year the Flames and Oilers only played three times. Coming off the first playoff meeting in decades, they had three regular season meetings all in the first three months of the season. It was just silliness. They didn't play again. They have, the Flames and Oilers have not played since December. They will play again coming up at the Heritage Classic in October, the first time they'll play this year. This year, four times. Oilers, two at home. Flames, two at home. That's the way it should be. Um, and so we've got four games in the Battle of Alberta this year. And I'm really curious. I'm excited to see how competitive these two teams are going to be this year. Because, you know, as much as in the standings, it wasn't super competitive between Calgary and Edmonton last year. The Oilers were um, a no-questions-asked playoff team, and the Flames ended up missing and were a bubble team for three-quarters of the year. The actual three games the Flames and Oilers played with one another were very close. Flames won the first game on the road uh, by one goal, and the Oilers won the next two games on the road at the Saddledome by one goal. So the Oilers took two of three. They were all one-goal games last year. They were all very tight and could have gone either way. And so I, for that reason, I'm, I'm really curious to see what these four games bring us this year because I think the Flames have a chance 
of being a better group than they were last year. That's no guarantee, but I think they've got a chance of, of being a better group. The Oilers have established themselves as one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Um, like this text comes in, says what the four games with the Oilers will be as Daryl Sutter rates these types of games, waste of four days. I hate to admit it. I, I don't know if I see it that way because the actual regular season matchups between the two have been pretty good over the last number of years. And I, the reason I'm thinking about this is because on Saturday at the Rogers legends of hockey charity skins game, there was an Oilers team or a goalie team and the goalie team was Curtis Joseph and current Oilers number one, one a Stuart Skinner. And, and I just, Stuart, I, I asked, first of all, really difficult to dislike the guy. Yeah. Uh, like, like, man, you, you want to dislike these Oilers. You want to like make these Oilers guys villains. It's tough to, tough to dislike Stuart Skinner. I'll tell you that much. But, uh, he, uh, I asked him about, you know, he's an Edmonton guy. And he started two games in last year's Battle of Alberta. I just asked him, what was it like playing in those games with the Flames? And I won't lie, he got me fired up for this year's Battle of Alberta. It was so much fun. Um, honestly, they all just felt like playoff games, to be honest. there, um, There's so much that goes into that game. And obviously, there's uh, there's a little bit of a hatred between the two teams uh, going up against each other. And um, it's just it's so fun being a part of that, uh, being able to be a part of that, uh, that battle. I mean, you know, everyone's watching it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's Saturday. I mean, just great games and, um, obviously they're a great team and, uh, we have a strong team too. So it's always a good, uh, it's a good battle. We, we had some really close games this yep, year too, absolutely. and, uh, some really good battles. And, um, I mean, it's just, uh, especially as a kid, I grew up watching those games, right? Every time yeah. the Flames and Oilers were playing, I was putting on the TV and uh, just right dialed in on it. So being able to say that I've played in a couple now, is uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing to say. Again, frustrating. He'd go on to, he even, we didn't even bring it up. He made a joke about, you know, next time I'm in a playoff game, I'll make sure that my stick's not broken. Like, you're like, oh. he brought that up. It's like. Damn, you know, it's really frustrating. You're making it very difficult to dislike you. And he um, has a great mustache. Incredible. I mean, it's not the best Battle of Alberta mustache we've ever seen. No, definitely not. But it's top five for sure. I uh, I, I think that this will be a fun season series between Calgary and Edmonton this year. And we're still not that far removed from the playoff battle. And if the Flames are a better team this year which I think there's a chance of that happening, just based on the fact that last year was a nightmare, just by default, even with some of the moves that might be made between now and the end of the season. The Flames are a little bit better, and the Oilers are what we expect them to be again, which is a very good, one of the you know top-tier teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I think these could be some really fun games and some real measuring stick games for the Flames this year. First off, just let's... As much as we scolded the schedule maker last year for having a three-game Battle of Alberta and done by December 27th. It's really good this year. This year, four, as you mentioned. Three of them are on a Saturday night, and the last two, one is February 24th. I'd prefer them on a Friday night, but you know what? Saturday works. And the last one, you sure about that? Sure about that. You sure about that? That's why? Uh, Last one, April 6th. It is Calgary's seventh last game of the season and third last home game. So tip of the hat to the schedule maker for getting it right this time. And you're right. All three of those games last year were one goal games. First one, four, three win, then a three, two loss and a two, one loss. These are going to be absolutely critical games for the Calgary flames as well, because you just, 
let's amplify divisional games and the importance of them. Let's we'll park the Battle of Alberta for a second. But if the Calgary Flames want a top three finish in the Pacific Division this season, they've got to tackle the Vegas Golden Knights, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. And there's going to be no love lost in the Battle of Alberta. Stuart Skinner said it there. They're like playoff games. I think I think we've turned a corner because it used to be so lackluster, the Battle of Alberta, in the mid-2010s. And now the t- both teams are competitive. Both teams are vying for division titles. The Calgary Flames, most recently the division title winner. The Edmonton Oilers haven't had a division title, I think, in quite some time. But they're a contender to take the Pacific this year. And I think just having competitive teams breeds that intensity both on the ice and in the stands too, because I'm going to, I'm going to admit it's a lot more fun to go to Alberta battle of Alberta games when they're going to be closer because the let's go Oilers, Oilers suck chance just get that much louder yeah, for sure. And that just breeds that atmosphere. that Stuart Skinner's talking about how the battle of Alberta feels like playoff games again. Uh, this text says, uh, let's not forget one of the games is outdoors too. It'll be 10 months, almost to the day that the flames and Oilers have played a meaningful game. Their last game they played against one another was December 27th. And, and yes, they'll play in Penticton and preseason, but you know, whatever the first meaningful game, these two teams will play in more than 10 months is October 29th at Commonwealth stadium in the heritage classic. And that's awesome. Like that, that's what a way to kick off this year's Battle of Alberta by doing it in front of, you know, 40, 50,000 people at, at Commonwealth Stadium. And you know, Flames fans will travel and you know that it'll be a great atmosphere and it's not going to be stupid cold. Yes. It's just going to be a great, great night in Edmonton. So that also is a, a really cool part of this year's rivalry. That's the only non Saturday game between the two teams is the uh, Commonwealth game which is going to be obviously on a Sunday. You're not going to have it on a Wednesday of a game of that magnitude. But yeah, that is that is the tip-off. So they did it well by having that be the first one and then the last one coming in April mm-hmm. where either of these teams or both of these teams are going to be jockeying for position or fighting for their playoff lives. I just think that they, after how disappointing last year was in terms of the schedule for that, this year they flipped the script and it's it's just the right way to go about it. You need can these we, rivalry games. Can we bring back Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian, Cassian for one game only? Mike Smith and Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot get Luch back. Darnell Nurse get Luch even back in an Oilers jersey. Like just so that for one night only, maybe we can get our first ever like brawl in an outdoor game. Oh. Would that be good? Oh yes, absolutely. Or bad. I, I mean in terms of if you're Gary Batman don't care for me okay fair <laughs> enough fair enough Pat um, Steinberg always looking out for number one absolutely are they have they have the Oilers on paper gotten better than what they were last year it's hard for me to say that and that's not even not even trying to take shots at the Oilers but I don't know if you take a look at where they sit right now and and you know they've they they were able to keep Ekholm, which is huge, mm-hmm. and they were able to re-sign Derek Ryan. And but if I look at what the Oilers have done this offseason, they haven't done a whole lot. They haven't added a whole lot. They added Connor Brown, which I actually think is a, a nice, low-key, solid, low-risk ad for them. But they haven't augmented on defense. They haven't really. They didn't really need to take a step forward up front. And their goaltending duo is going to be the exact same. And that goaltending duo was fine last year with Skinner and Jack Campbell. But 
on paper, I don't know if the Oilers have made huge improvements, but I think what you're looking for now in Edmonton is, okay, their next step comes internally. Their next step comes from playing Colorado and Vegas and losing to Colorado and Vegas the last two playoff years and now being more ready to play those teams come the postseason. Now, the Oilers have entered into the conversation of, okay, regular season, great. You know, get triple digits in the regular season, but now it's time to now it's time to really make hay come the postseason. And getting to a Western Conference final is is nothing to sneeze at. But obviously the expectations with you know three hundred points a year from a couple of players, the expectations are more than just to make the final four and and you know get a participation medal from playing there. They're now expected to be a true cup contender when we get to the cup being on the line. So now that that to me. More about the on-paper additions. It's more about the steps they take internally this year. Yeah, from the personnel perspective, I don't necessarily think they're better. And this is going to really depend on how you feel about a guy like Kyler Yamamoto or Clem Costin to a certain degree, Nick Bukestad, because they add Connor Brown, as you mentioned. Lane Peterson is sort of the Bukestad replacement. Drake Kajula is back for another tour. But I don't necessarily think that those arrivals and departures are... Is what gonna is what it's gonna be for the Oilers to take the next step. It's the internal growth still, and Stuart Skinner is gonna be a massive part of that. He he told me on Saturday that he feels he's got a big gap in terms of where he was last season to where he can be. So he's gonna be absolutely key for starters. You've got Ekholm as you mentioned. You've got him for 82 regular season games now, and I'm curious what that does overall for their blue line. And then you mentioned they had so many guys that had career years last year. And their career years for a season for a reason, pardon me. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to replicate that. Now, if you're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, yeah, that's the bar. I think the challenge is going to be thrown down to Ryan Nugent Hopkins to duplicate what he did last season. But it's it's Zach Hyman. But it's going to be that internal growth that makes the Edmonton Oilers go from a great regular season team and a team that has some success in the playoffs, not as much as they want but they've got to get over that hurdle in the playoffs to make a cup final and be an actual Stanley Cup favorite. And look, that hurdle is no easy one to get no. over. To to get past the eventual Stanley Cup winner, that's a tough hurdle to but that is two years in now, a row they've been eliminated by the exactly. Stanley Cup winner. And with one win combined. And so now it's okay, well how do they get past how when they face one of the other heavies. So if they face Vegas or Colorado who I think we'll both look at as Stanley Cup contenders again this year. If they end up facing them in the playoffs this year, what does that look like this time around? And yeah, I'm really curious to see what the four matchups between Calgary and Edmonton look like this year as well. As we start to wrap up this hour of Flames Talk, he's Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Thanks to Taylor and Cam for running the show behind the scenes. And this hour wraps up. This hour on Flames Talk has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.